Welcome to Decoding SaaS, a podcast where we talk to founders and industry experts to deep dive into strategies that help them build and sustain a 10 million ARR business, a podcast that will provide actionable tactics and strategies from the minds of SaaS professionals. Welcome everybody to the Decoding SaaS platform. We have Ankit Dudvewala. I hope I said that correctly this time uh, yeah, that's on, on the podcast today. Uh, he's the co-founder of Apps uh, Simple uh, that has two products, Software Suggest and Call Hippo. So welcome to the podcast, Ankit. Yeah, uh, thanks, Amit, for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you and, and your audience. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there's a lot to learn from you uh, because you've built two successful products uh, and are doing a lot of great things, especially from Ahmedabad. So I would, want, I would love to kind of get started there. Uh, you know, uh, on the Twitterverse, there's a lot of conversations about Bangalore, about Delhi, about Mumbai, uh, then about Miami and all of that. And you've built two successful companies out of Ahmedabad before it was cool to work out of, you know, different places. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience uh, building uh, from Ahmedabad? So, uh, uh, Amit, I don't think it is that difficult to build from Ahmedabad. Uh, it depends upon what you really want to do and what your objective and what your goals are. So if you're building a very high tech product, uh, then you need to be in Bangalore or maybe Delhi and you will get uh, the right, uh, uh, right talent in your cities. Uh, but uh, if you are not building super high tech product, uh, you can still do it from smaller towns. That said, uh, even in smaller towns, you will find good engineers. So some of the, I think Zoho, which is one of the largest, uh, not SaaS enterprises, one of the largest enterprises in India. Not many people know about Zoho because it is not listed and it is uh, very closely held by Sridhar Vembu and his family. Uh, people don't know about it, but Zoho was built from uh, uh, Chennai and even now they have offices in different parts of the country and smaller, they want to open offices in smaller cities. So uh, in my opinion, building from smaller cities like Ahmedabad is not that difficult. If you know how to uh, spot the right talent and make sure that they stay with you for a longer period in time. Yeah, absolutely. That definitely makes sense. So thanks for putting that to bed in terms of you can pretty much build from anywhere. And even before yeah. COVID, you've been able to do that as long as you have the right goals uh, in place, especially for SaaS. Right. So uh, let, let's talk about how your company uh, came uh, came about. So can you talk to me about how uh, Aptit Simple kind of started uh, and what kind of led to your first product? Okay. Uh, so I am someone from, I am from a non-tech background. I have not worked in a startup, uh, but I have read this book called Direct from Dell by Michael Dell in 2004. And that is when I wanted to do something in technology. Uh, from 2000, uh, this was in 2004. Uh, from 2004 till 2014, yes, App It Simple was started in 2014. I have been following technology, learning about technology, following uh, your story. Then there's a, there, was, there was something called Colors Unplugged, which has been converted into Next Big What, and getting inspired from a lot of founders. So in 2014, I said, uh, let's let's start something. Let's try uh, the the IT technology world, software technology world. Uh, I got some team members in my team, and then there was a problem to find. So uh, before 2014, for about two and a half years, I was working in a family business, which was into pharmaceutical. And there we faltered with finding the right software for the business. Uh, we wasted about three years in doing it. 
and that is when i realized that there is this problem of uh, getting information on softwares getting reviews on softwares and that's how softwares has started in 2014 okay uh, so the problem uh, kind of came out of your own personal pain Correct. Uh, and that's how a lot of great businesses are started so that's really sort of great to hear so how did you kind of get started so talking about the chicken and egg problem did you start right. with a specific vertical was it that hey you know i want to find the best pharma software or the best software for medical or how how did you kind of get started there so uh, we did not understand so when we started we just understood only one software for us the world was tally because i had not uh, i had not lived outside india uh, in in india the most popular software is tally uh we just understood accounting software and we thought there is only one type of software which is tally but then we started researching more we started finding out more and then we found out that there is another thing which is called an hr software or payroll software uh, we added that vertical on software suggest we learned more about crm we added crm then erp and uh, i mean i i think there are more than 1000 plus verticals as of now on software suggest there were weird things and very interesting things which we found out uh, things like uh, software like church management software i had never thought uh, before starting software that there can be something like a church management software and uh, once we started learning about it we started adding new categories to software for this that's incredible so let's kind of talk about your initial growth uh, what what marketing channels did you use was it seo was it paid social what are some marketing channels that you used to grow so i mean when again when i started uh, in jan 2014 i did not understand what digital marketing is uh so in may 2014 i called one of my friends up i told him nothing is happening in the organization uh, things are not moving and then he told me uh, have you done search engine optimization of uh, software suggest i said i don't know what search engine optimization is and he said you should go to a website which is called uh, web ceo and that uh, that uh, that software the web ceo will tell you everything about uh, search engine optimization and went to web ceo read a couple of articles on their blog learned who neil patel is and yeah. uh, this went to neel patel's blog locked myself in in a room and uh, studied everything about neel patel in the next everything about neel patel and everything on his blog in the next two days uh, third day i was an expert in search engine optimization uh, from the next from the third day i was doing search engine optimization on uh, software suggest so when you asked me this question what was our uh, marketing channel our initial marketing channel and even uh, till date our primary marketing channel has been search engine optimization uh it helps us acquire customer at a very low cost uh, which helps us in surviving and growing the organization absolutely uh seo is a commonly ignored uh and underutilized channel especially for saas companies uh and right. that's really great that uh that's one uh that you use and i love the story that someone told you something and you took action immediately uh and then became an expert in a few days I hope that friend owns you know a small advisory shares or something. I I hope you sent him something nice, you know, for for leading you in the right direction. I haven't done that. I realize that I should do that. There we go. There we go. That's something that you can do uh, uh, this week then. Awesome. So um, let's uh, kind of talk about the revenue model, right? You talked about hey, uh, marketing strategy. Something we figured out when we weren't able to grow. Uh, did you have a business model in mind before you got started? and how do your business model for software suggest evolve so uh, we had the business model in mind uh, we we had seen so software is not uh, software is the market leader in in its own vertical but the other companies like software suggest if you look at just dial india mart policy bazaar bank bazaar yeah. car deco 
Zomato. All our organizations in the same industry, but different verticals. So uh, we actually took inspiration from a lot of them and uh, copied their business model. So most of these organizations are doing advertisements. So you can advertise on uh, Software Suggest or Cardeco and uh, Policy Bazaar and all these websites. So we did uh, uh, advertisement. The other lead, uh, the other revenue model which we have is lead generation. Uh, so we'll we'll try to generate leads on our website, qualify them, and uh, send them to our uh, software partners. And uh, the third one is diverting our traffic to their website, which is what Google does from Google Ads. So Google will divert all their traffic to your website. Is what so these were the three primary models uh, revenue models for us. We later added three uh, new revenue models, and we keep adding new revenue models now. But primarily, these were the three revenue models. There was some difference in understanding of pricing. We thought we'll be getting 10x when we started. We actually uh, started with taking x from our customers. But essentially, the revenue model was same as to what uh, we thought will be the revenue model at the very outset. Okay. Ah, uh, no, that's great. Ah, uh, and then from a ah uh, from a geography focus perspective, ah, uh, in terms of is there a focus that you have? Hey, we're going to focus on Asia. And sort of customers in Asia, or in North America, or anywhere else, or in Europe, or is it, or are you guys covering uh, kind of software that can be leveraged globally? So uh, when we started, we were very focused on the Indian market. As I told you, I had not gone outside India, I had not lived outside India, I had not seen the outside India. The only uh, the only time I had gone outside India was a small holiday for about ten days. So I did not understand the Western culture. I did not understand the market which is there. Uh, So when we started software services, we were primarily focused in the Indian market, and I think that is that is what gave us the early success. Had we gone all out and tried to do the global market, we would have probably failed at running software services. Uh, but by 2018, we started seeing a lot of global organization entering India. So we saw Captera, we saw software advisors who are competitors starting and increasing their focus on the Indian market, and that's when we decided to go global. uh now we focus uh, more on the global market less on the indian market about 50 60% percent 55% of our revenue comes from the global market 45% of our revenue comes from the domestic market that is awesome uh that's great uh where you, where you started off uh locally and then you expanded globally when uh, other players kind of began to enter uh this market so uh before we start talking about sort of scale uh, let's talk about your other product So what what's the genesis or how did uh, call hippo uh, uh, yeah yeah how did it start? So uh, uh, we have a small call center team uh, on, on uh, software suggest. Now this, as I told you, this call center team was connected with leads, trying to qualify and verify those leads. Uh, and uh, with our call center team, we we try to put a modern day uh, software for this team. and we did a lot of finding we lot did a lot of research but we could really not find something which was which had good ui ux which was easy to use uh, which had the which, which had features which were needed for a modern day business and that's when we thought that uh, if there is nothing uh, available why don't we build something so we were building this internally for our own team and uh, suddenly we realized that it can be sold outside to other people <laughs> and that's how callipo came into existence uh, something which was internal became a product uh, for the world that's awesome ankit uh, it's very clear as to why you've been successful because there've been personal pain points 
Uh, and in terms of having that product vision, uh, once it's your own problem, you know exactly the features you need to build. So that definitely sort of makes sense. So uh, let's talk about Call Hippo uh, and in terms of how you got your initial customers. Was this also through SEO or what other marketing channel did you leverage at Call Hippo? So uh, yes, it was through SEO, uh, the, the initial set of customers. So it's about five years we have been doing Call Hippo. And out of these five years, uh, almost about three years, we have been primarily focused on searching and optimization. In the last two years, we started also focusing on uh, performance marketing, which is uh, spending on Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. Uh, but uh, now we are also doing uh, outbound and uh, resellers. But uh, the initial success for Callipo came through search engine optimization. Okay, uh, that's really great that you've leveraged one channel to grow multiple businesses, especially one that not many folks uh, sort of uh, leverage. So from a, a customer uh, acquisition, so from a cap, from a customer acquisition cost perspective, uh, which channel uh, is uh, the most effective uh, uh, for you? And from a quality of the customer, right? Uh, which one kind of provides you the best customers? Uh, search engine optimization, I think, is the most effective channel. I mean, it takes a lot of time to uh, start ranking. You'll have to spend. You'll have to build. You'll have. You'll need a lot of patience, and you'll need to spend about six months to one year to start ranking anywhere on Google. But once you are ranking, your cost of acquisition is going to be really low. Uh, that said, uh, the you you cannot find uh, uh, mid mid market customers or. Uh, uh, enterprise customers through search engine optimization. Uh, we are eventually realizing that if you want to go to mid-market and, and the top tier of mid-market and uh, enterprise customers, we'll have to do outbound and uh, we'll have to do resellers conferences to acquire customers. Awesome, great. So SEO and potentially performance marketing for the SMB sort of customer base and then other channels such as outbound and resellers for uh, kind of going up market. So let's talk about kind of going up market. Uh, and specifically about resellers. So what have been sort of so some success factors when it comes to working with resellers uh, and what has not worked? So if someone was gonna go ahead and establish their own reseller program and, and is reseller the same thing as an affiliate program or do you consider them uh, differently? So uh, affiliate is something which we have been running for the last three, four years. Affiliate is a very low touch uh, 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 business model for us where we share our uh, links and we expect influencers and people writing blogs to put those links on their uh, in their blogs. If some if if someone comes to our uh, to call info from their link, it is considered as a referral and pay them commission. Resellers are people where they who they are, who are actually going to talk to customers and sell uh, the product in their own brand name uh, or in their own organization's name, not brand name. They're going to sell call info in their own organization name. At times they will also create invoice. They will collect, be collecting payment, and then they will be sending us the uh, our, our our share of it. Uh, reseller has been pretty new for us. Uh, we have been doing reseller for about six months time, but with limited success. Uh, so I am actually not the right person to comment on how to become very successful in resellers. Things which we are doing uh, is uh, engaging more with our resellers, which has started giving us some uh, uh, some uh, results. Another thing which I can suggest is uh, uh, having someone. So we recently hired someone who who has the experience of doing resellers with one of our competitors. So I think uh, to make it successful, it it might be a good idea to hire someone who has already done it instead of trying to go on your own and uh, and trying to figure out what actually needs to be done. So that's our strategy for now. 
but that said we have not been very successful resellers until now yeah no uh thanks for your candor there uh that definitely is helpful so so reselling you basically white label your product from what i understand is that correct no we don't white label our product so basically affiliates are people who just give us leads they are not involved in the conversation they might not even know that they have given us a lead and the, the lead comes through their yeah. referral links resellers are people who are more involved and uh, they help us in closing those uh, entire deals is what okay. resellers do got it okay awesome uh no appreciate uh, appreciate that uh explanation as well so uh let's talk about uh from a team perspective right mm -hmm. uh so you have two products that are growing really fast so can we talk about uh, sort of your initial team especially as someone that is uh, non technical what was the initial team structure like and what is sort of your leadership and management team kind of look like as of today uh so our initial so we run two products but we have tried to ensure from the very outset for both the products that the team are completely different uh, our initial team was of course focused on software so this i am uh, i i don't know how to write technology codes and uh, so we had we initially spent most of our money on hiring the right uh, tech talent uh, we did not need anything else because i was doing almost everything else besides tech uh, and that's how we could uh, actually save a lot of cost uh, and uh, our software sales team started growing and uh, i i think it went to about it was not very large it was about 20 people that is when we decided to create another product which is callipo we pulled out two members from software sales team and told them that you will now be responsible for callipo uh, eventually that team also started growing uh, as of now we are at about 130 140 people spread across the country uh, how does our our leadership team looks like uh, most of the member of my leadership team until now has been people who have been with the organization for 3 to 5 years uh, so these were people who joined us very early in the organization learned about the organization and could grow internally in the organization now we have started people from outside uh, the organization uh, we have uh, we have added, we are adding very senior team uh, uh, very senior leaders from other software companies other saas companies we are also going out and hiring from non saas companies and we found that to be very effective so uh, to answer your question until now it has been very built over 3 to 5 years people who have been there now we are hiring uh, people from outside that's incredible insight uh, and definitely uh, in terms of uh, that's a journey that uh, a, a lot of folks are sort of share so i'd love to kind of dig in into uh hiring from the outside right uh and especially uh because sometimes how outside hires work sometimes they don't uh and a lot of books actually suggest that uh outside hires especially at the leadership level typically have a lower success rate that's what data just suggests uh mainly because they don't have the domain they don't have the knowledge of the few to five years that the person that you may be promoting may have so how do you uh ensure how do you mitigate that risk how do you make sure that the person that is coming in gets the gets the knowledge that a person may have uh so i'd like to talk about that a uh in terms of mitigating that risk a and then b um how does it work when a new person comes in with sort of team dynamics especially from someone from a different background and all of those things so if you could kind of talk about those two things that would be really great okay so uh, so to answer your first question uh how do we increase the success rate of people who are coming from outside is uh, uh, so it's more about time i think this person will become successful if he, this person is given a little more extra time but uh, because we are getting senior leaders from outside who are very expensive we expect them to perform in say 3 6 months time 
maybe maybe uh, maybe nine months you can take, but I don't think you can take more than nine months to perform. Uh, to ensure uh, to increase their chances of success, we start engaging with them even before they have joined the organization. So uh, for most of the leaders which uh, we hire, we I personally try to go on calls and talk to them every Saturday, tell them about our organization, have, answer any questions which they have. This ensures uh, that uh, even before they have joined the organization, they understand the organization very well. Uh, they have. Uh, they have a they have a clear picture as to what they where they are joining what the organization needs are once they join the organization we have clear uh, okr system we give about uh, 10 working days that is two weeks time to every team member and we tell them to design their own okr so we don't design their okrs the team member is supposed to spend two weeks with the team understand the organization understand where we stand and they're supposed to design their own okrs uh, we have seen this the combination of uh, giving them information even before they have joined and OKRs in 14 days time actually works. Uh, that said, we have our own share of failures with uh, leadership team, but uh, these two actually increase our uh, chances of success. Uh, to come to your second question, uh, we don't find any issue in team dynamics. As I told you that most of my team member has been there for uh, in the leadership team has been there for about three years at least for about three years they understand my thought process they understand my vision uh it's a common vision rather i should not say my vision they understand the organization's thought process and they understand the organization vision whenever we are hiring someone from outside we ensure that people who will who this person will be the outside person will be working with uh, gets interviewed by people who are uh, inside the organization even if the outside person is someone who the inside person is going to report to even then we will take the internal our own team member uh, for the interview we will take our own team member's opinion and uh, and our team member has very clear even our team member has very clear understanding as to what is the objective of this person who is joining from outside and why this person from outside is joining how this person from outside is going to help our team member grow and how this person from outside is going to help the organization grow if these understanding are very clear. I don't think there is a conflict of interest which arises. That's awesome. So uh, there's buy-in because uh, there's a shared goal uh, and a shared why uh, right. there for sure. So uh, do you have uh, sort of leaders internally interview external leaders, even if they have a different uh, sort of domain? So let's say you bring in a new person for, uh, let's say you bring in a controller or CFO. Uh, would you have someone from your tech team or whoever leads your tech team or someone that may be leading your product team also interview or how do you sort of uh, do interviews especially for senior leaders and who do you involve internally and potentially externally as well uh, to sort of uh, interview senior leaders so we have not been involving people externally for an interview there are two parts of an interview one is a technical interview and another one is a hr round so most of our time in an interview goes on the hr round so if it's an hour long of uh, interview about uh, 40 percent uh, six i mean 40 minutes will go into the hr round and only 20 minutes will go into the technical round and with senior hire more so with senior hire. with senior hire, you talk to them for 10 minutes and you'll understand that uh, they understand everything technically and they are in fact smarter than you when uh, uh, when when it comes to the technical round of the interview so with senior hire, most of i mean about 50 minutes will actually go into the HR, HR round and understanding if they will be considerably fit uh, in the organization if 
if they share the if they will be if they will fit in your vision and uh, your goals of the organization and uh, when we are doing the hr round it really does not matter if the the other the internal leaders who are present in that interview or discussion is actually from the same domain so because it is an hr round uh, uh, the my my marketing leader can actually talk to the tech guy who are we are hiring and it really does not make much of a difference there I love it. Uh, there's so many similarities uh, between how we uh, run our org uh, and the way that you run it, and I think uh, a lot of it is because we are bootstrap and we have that sort of uh, kind of uh, similar DNA um, at, at the heart. Uh, that's definitely great. So, uh, and what are some key things that you're looking to sort of understand as part of the HR or the people side of that? What are some things that you're looking to understand from that individual? So. Uh... i am of the opinion amit that uh, it takes about one year for people to understand each other so for me to understand uh, any team leader who is going to work with us understand his or her strength understand his or her weakness what their objectives are what their goals in life are it takes at least one year and that is and only after one year uh, the the team members growth in the organization starts happening so uh, we try not to hire people who are job hoppers and stay in the organization for less than 2 years if you are staying in like uh, four organization five organizations for less than 2 years uh, then it doesn't work for us uh, we have a very clear statement uh, which is in hindi i don't know if your audience uh, understands in hindi or not but uh, uh, we have a very clear statement that uh, and we say that uh, uh, i'll tell it in english uh, we will work only with people who we want to work with life with for so there might be one person who joined the organization and leaves the organization in 2 years but when we are taking that person in the team we have to be very sure that this is a person we want to work for life with next 20 25 years we want to work with this person and when we say that we will not add a person to the team if we don't want to work with that person for the next 20 25 years we can really not have people who have been switching jobs very frequently uh, we like having people who in the previous organization who have stayed uh, have at least stayed 3 4 5 years in the previous organization so that is one primary criteria for us uh, technically i think i've i've seen so the basic technical things which are there which i think almost anyone with good experience and have who has done good hard work in their careers uh, can actually uh, cross that hurdle so these are the most important things for us as an organization I love it. Uh, and what is the saying in Hindi? Uh, so that uh, I'm sure we have uh, people that. Uh, so uh, yeah, saying in Hindi is, "Hum usi ke saath kam karenge, jiske saath hum zindagi bhar kam karna chahte ho. Agar hum zindagi bhar kisi ke saath nahi kam karna chahte, we will not work with them." Fair enough. Uh, no, that definitely that definitely makes sense. It reminds me of a uh, on uh, on this Sunday, uh, one of my team members has actually been with us for four years. Randomly gave me a call, uh, and we we're just talking on video about the meaning of life. Uh, and it was just a super random call. He was out in a resort somewhere. He's like, "Hey, I'm bored. I just called you, uh, and we're just talking." I totally, I totally understand that sentiment that you want to work with people uh, beyond sort of just, "Hey, let's let's get work done." And that totally makes sense. Um, so I, I love that uh, that that's kind of the ethos of how you work. Uh, is that something that you carry on through all uh, the levels, uh, especially in the current sort of? Uh, job market or just a general environment right where in a sense where people are especially if you look at most high growth startups majority of the leaders that you see there have probably kind of moved around a lot 
So uh, do you kind of have that as a key criteria, mainly for your leadership and managerial roles? Or if you're looking for a mid-level engineer or let's say a mid-level marketer, or even someone uh, more junior, uh, you're looking for someone that has been stable uh, at one org for a little longer. So that's, uh, that's the criteria for all levels. Uh, even when a junior guy is joining our organization, we don't, uh, we don't think of that guy to leave our organization in the next one year, two years time. We are always thinking how this guy will become our CEO of one of the products which we run 10 years down the line. Uh, and if this guy is not meeting the specific, uh, the, uh, the, the criteria of stability, then, uh, then we'll not rather have him on the team. That said, for junior guys, uh, I mean, they, the junior guys are there in the organization for their, their career span is only two years, three years, four years, maybe. Yeah. And in, in four years, if they're changed to organization, that's okay. I mean, uh, the first two organizations might not be good organizations for them. But even four years time is this guy has changed six organizations, then there's a problem. <laughs> Uh, even then we might go ahead and we'll try to understand why the person has changed six organizations there sometimes uh, uh, sometimes reasons for them to change six organization multiple organizations uh, but for the senior level that becomes very important if you have seen uh, the current tutor parag agarwal's uh, uh, experience in bio he did a lot of switches uh, before joining twitter and then eventually became the ceo at twitter uh, uh, after I, I think he has been working 10 years i think he has been twitter so we understand that uh, we don't say that if someone has switched uh, like five jobs in four years time uh, uh, and the person has just started with his career, uh, it's bad. Uh, but for senior level, it is it is super must. Yeah, it, it's I, I, when I'm talking to you, I feel like I'm talking to a long lost brother, like quite literally yeah. uh, a lot of similar kind of things. So what I what I can understand is you look for truly grounded people and you're looking for like groundedness rather than uh, sort of anything else. So that's really great. Um, so let's kind of uh, switch gears a bit and let's talk about developing yourself as a leader. I'm sure running a 20 person company uh, or even two person company when you probably had to do, go into the closet and learn about SEO and do all the SEO yourself was very different at 20 people versus 50 people to the scale that you're at right now, uh, which is uh, over a hundred. So can you talk to us about your development as a leader and how do you consistently sort of are on top of your own game to develop yourself as an individual and as a leader? So uh, reading a lot, reading has helped me grow myself as a leader. And the second thing which I think people don't really uh, give that much importance to is uh, meeting people and talking to your peer group. So uh, I always have a set of friends uh, who are in a similar revenue range or who have similar objectives. And I try to, to all people who are who are just uh, who are just crossed the uh, goal which I have set internally, and uh, I keep talking to them. So when you talk to them, there are a lot of things which they will tell you, and in our conversation, probably there will be like uh, twenty things which will come up. But you will leave the conversation with one or two things which will help your organization. At the same time, which will help you as a leader. So uh, for me, these two things like reading uh, and uh, talking to people has helped me grow continuously as an organization. Yeah, I totally agree with you. This is this is this is my this is just at my desk right now. I have another okay. set of books here. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I totally totally agree with you on that. Um, and in terms of uh, finding a uh, uh, in terms of the peer group is definitely helpful as well. Uh, and and obviously speaking with people that are uh, one step ahead as well. So uh, is this something that you've formalized in a sense where uh, you have a group of three or four friends that you guys meet on a monthly or a quarterly basis, or is this more of ad hoc, 
hey, I need tactical advice on X, Y, Z. Let me call this person up or send him an email. No, it's more ad hoc uh, for me. Uh, as you said, uh, one, if I need an advice, I'll contact the person I have. Uh, so I know at this point of time, I have like five, six people, which I try to reach out to. Um, three years down, three years ahead, it might. Uh, so these five, six people will be replaced by maybe another five, six people who are more relevant at that point in time in our journey. Uh, but it has been more ad hoc for us. Okay, uh, no, that definitely uh, uh, that definitely makes sense. Uh, and then let's talk about kind of uh, development of your leadership and management team. One is developing yourself, and second is sort of actually working with the org and developing the org. So, uh, how do you do that right now? Do you bring in potentially external uh, leaders uh, and facilitators and trainers to uh, do trainings, or how have you guys thought about leadership development, uh, first-time manager training, uh, especially in a remote environment? Uh, can you give us some insights there? So yes, uh, uh, implementing uh, new methods in the organization helps us uh, build leadership in the organization. So uh, when we build, when we implemented OKRs, uh, we recently uh, implemented peer review, and we have seen both OKRs and peer review help build people as uh, as better managers. Uh, we have seen that when when uh, when there's one instead of one person, there is a group of people who are giving them feedback. The feedback is more positive and help people grow in the organization. Second thing is getting uh, external management training. So we try to do regular training uh, by getting external uh, uh, external trainers. Did not happen in Corona, but we had done a couple of them before Corona, and uh, we plan to do a couple of them uh, now. The third one is again helping them connect with uh, or getting external leaders to talk to our team members is the third methods uh, method for uh, our leadership development. There are a lot of things which when we uh, or we as a team tell the leader internally, the person might not understand. But when there is an external leader who is uh, who is helping uh, this person understand uh, the weaknesses or become better in the strength. Uh, they tend to understand the uh, understand uh, the conversation and uh, be more dedicated towards uh, achieving those goals. So this is how we uh, try to achieve uh, or try to help our leaders grow in the organization. Understood. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about those peer reviews. Uh, so uh, at least uh, when uh, we've done them internally, both peer reviews and 360 degree reviews, uh, they're always glowing reviews. Like we have seen that even if they're anonymous, of course, anonymous. Uh, so how do you, uh, and I would love to learn from you is how do you ensure that they're actually very candid uh, and very honest? Uh, and how do you ensure that people are able to have uncomfortable conversations, especially at the manager and the leadership level uh, about certain things? So uh, can you talk a little bit about that? So we don't do anonymous peer review. We do a very open peer review. So uh, uh, I mean, uh, and we have not seen issue with uh, people not accepting or not being candid uh, with it. Uh, when we are a group of uh, six leaders, seven leaders, and if there is one or two people who are not uh, who are not comfortable with, with with the entire process, they eventually tend to drop from the organization and get replaced by people who are comfortable. So in our organization, most uh, of the leaders are very comfortable with it. They are very open to uh, getting feedback. So for us, it has not been a channel challenge until now. Got it. That's definitely that's definitely open. Having a team uh, that is secure uh, with feedback and things like that that definitely uh, is a key to growth. 
so uh, let's talk about kind of a larger team. So when it comes to uh, the larger team, how do you ensure that everybody's aligned, uh, especially in a remote environment? Uh, how do you ensure that everybody's going in the same direction? Uh, and how do you uh, kind of, uh, you might be hiring at a pretty fast pace. How do you ensure that you know who that person is? Uh, so two questions there. Well, I mean, that is really tough. I mean, uh, we have not been able to figure that out very well. Uh, we are doing our share of vision, mission, and uh, talking to our team members, doing uh, doing all hands regularly. Uh, we try to spend more time. Uh, so after after Corona and after going remote, I try to spend more time with the team leaders, talk to them, explain them the vision. But that said, uh, we are still not as good as what we could do before Corona. Uh, one thing which we do is we have started doing uh, regular meetings. Uh, in the last six months so about uh, about six months back we went jaipur we have our outbound so we used to have yearly outbound now we have converted it to six months outbound six months back we were in jaipur uh, meeting the entire team uh, now we are going goa meeting again doing the outbounds and talking to the team trying to understand trying to explain them the vision vision uh, our objective as an organization trying to get them in sync with the other team members in the the new team members with the other team members in the organization that said it's still not as good as it was before Corona. Okay, that's something that you are uh, figuring out. That definitely uh, something yeah. that I think a lot of uh, leaders uh, are uh, in the process of figuring out. Uh, and same here. Uh, and I think uh, the biggest challenge is, uh, especially new people that join. Uh, right. I see people joining on Slack, and I see that. But in terms of knowing them uh, versus where person before I knew everybody personally, so I think that's a personal challenge that. Uh, I have, um, and yeah, is that something that you've figured out uh, in terms of how do you actually still ensure that you know the people and they know who you are, or at some point do you just accept saying that, hey, you know what, I'm not going to be able to know every person personally uh, at an organization. No, so we built a lot of things around. So once once we went to move, we built a lot of things around this. So every time a person joins, there is a set of videos which is sent to the person. There is a proper onboarding which is done uh, using our learning management system. And the learning management system shows them a set of videos. There's a welcome note which goes from me. There's a welcome note which goes from my co-founders who asked me. And then there's a welcome note which goes from a lot of uh, leaders. The idea is that uh, when this person, uh, when the new person who has joined the organization watches these videos, they learn about us. Every new person is supposed to send a video introducing themselves, uh, telling what they do, where they have joined from, when did they join the organization, what they are going to do in the organization, what. So that there's a there's a short interview which is done, and that interview is again shared on our Slack channel with everyone, and that's how that's our method to know uh, the person who has joined. To add to it, we do something which is called uh, pantry talks. Uh, so every Tuesday, 4 to 4.30, there is a pantry talk. And every Thursday, 4 to 4.30, there is another pantry talk. Pantry talk, a casual talk, which is done online. You can come to uh, the the room and talk anything which you want to. Uh, we do Friday events. So every Friday, we try to do events. We'll call some uh, stand-up comedian. We'll call uh, singers. Uh, we try to do those events. Uh, we have uh, we have something which is called uh, uh, water cooler chats on uh, uh, Slack. And uh, I, so I read this book, uh, 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 No Rules, Rules uh, on Netflix. And from there, I realized that as, as, uh, as the CEO, I also need to talk, uh, tell people that I, I just don't work. I watch movies. So I try to, I watch movies, I travel, I do holidays. And uh, I try to talk about those holidays. I try to talk about movies, which I'm going to watch 
uh, on our channel and that is where on our slack channel and that is where the interaction starts uh, we do family dinners uh, so we recently did a family dinner where we called uh, family members of our team members to come uh, uh, to come to the office see the office and then we took them for dinner so uh, these are the things which we are doing uh, to get them engaged and uh, ensure that uh, we are connected as an organization that's awesome man uh it looks like a really uh sort of close knit uh, organization and it looks like you've done a good job uh in terms of in this remote environment as you're scaling uh bringing people together so uh since you talked about you learned a lot from books um when we're looking at uh a leader that is scaling his organization what are some books that have actually helped you scale the organization so to be very true none of the books which are on organization building has actually helped us my thought process has <laughs> my thought process have been built even so i consider myself as a good marketing person i a uh, marketer but even uh, uh, with respect to marketing i don't think uh, marketing books has actually helped me uh, there's a book which is called predictably irrational by dan ariely uh, okay. i i am i'm actually one of the biggest uh, uh fans of dan ariely he has i have read almost every book which he has written he has written predictably rational then there's something which is called upside of irrationality uh and it tells it talks about how human beings are irrational and uh, i have used that learning in marketing uh, so that is one book which he has and in fact it also tells you about how to so if you can if you can just pick all those learning and put it in an organization it tells you about how your team members are irrational and how how people think and how you can handle those situations and how you can uh, get them in sync with uh, uh, with the entire organization and every everyone i mean i am irrational you are irrational like there, there is a uh, irrationality is probably one of uh, one of the main uh, characteristics of uh, human beings uh, uh, there is another book which is called psychology of money which i i recently finished it's on the same on similar lines uh, of uh, upside of rash, uh, predictably irrational uh, then uh, there's a book which is called uh, uh, the outliers uh, which is malcolm gladwell uh, which has also taught me a lot about uh, about running an organization managing your team so uh, most of my learning has not been from uh, the book Uh, from from books from the uh, for the particular uh, uh, genre or uh, for the particular uh, uh, industry, I'm 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 uh, yeah yeah I'm missing the word, but uh, for the particular genre. Yes, yeah, so don't don't learn, uh, don't read books about running an org. Learn books about how humans and people uh, live and run, and then you know build an org based on that. Uh, yeah, that definitely can, makes sense. Yeah. I recently also read Dongri uh, uh, to Dubai, which is on Daud Ibrahim and how he built his organization, which which again was very interesting. <laughs> That's awesome, man! Yeah, autobiographies are awesome. Uh, you've given yeah. me a great list uh, of things to go on order on Amazon right now, so appreciate that uh, for sure. So uh, this has been a an amazing uh, sort of learning, uh, Ankit. So I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to uh, spend with us here. uh if people wanted to get in touch with you ankit what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you so you can always email me on ankit@apicimple.com uh, i am also on linkedin uh, twitter and facebook so yeah anything can work for me awesome thank you so much for uh, sharing your learnings about building two orgs and scaling 
a, a scaling orgs as well and being so candid with how you've sort of done it. This has been a wonderful interaction. Uh, thanks so much, Ankit. Thank you, Amit.